Hey guys, it's Matt from the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, and welcome to our discussion of The Last Jedi. We're picking up right where we left off, so let's go ahead and finish our review of The Last Jedi with our fourth and final part. Going forward, what I mean, like, so we're gonna get three more Ryan Johnson. Joints, yeah, let's like, let's get into that briefly. Um, in like, will these Ryan Johnson? Okay, let's assume he's only gonna do one, right? But he's kind of like steering the ship, uh, which moves very slowly across space, and the ship chasing it can't catch. But at it. least I can take a detour and go someplace <laughs> else for an hour and a half. Yeah, right. You can. You can go to Vegas, bet your life away, come, come back. back, and still have plenty of time. And have it mean nothing to the overall experience. <laughs> still have plenty of time to almost die and have your social justice warrior companion bail you out. I thought for sure Finn was going to die, and I was kind of excited. I was like, oh my God, because as much as, as, much as all these fucking articles are saying, Ryan Johnson is subverting the idea of what Star Wars means. None of it mattered until that point. I was like, "Oh my god, he's killing Finn. This is like this is like killing that Han. Been a real this big is deal. like really killing Han." Yeah. In the second movie, like we're going to see him die. This is it's pretty bold. They should have because Finn served his purpose. Correct. And he his kinda, arc's done. His arc is done. He's he's a likable character. Uh I really liked him in this movie. But it was inconsequential. It was filler. It's pointless. That again, that's not what Star Wars is. Don't overstuff it, which is certainly what this movie did. The, Allow like, me, if I may. If yeah, I yeah, may. Yeah. Uh, I'm next. In Return of the. You're next. Ian. In Return of the Jedi, Han Solo didn't have quite as much to do. His arc kind of fizzled out by Return of the Jedi because. Mainly because they didn't know if Harrison Ford was going to come back. They kind of figured, well, let's have Billy D. Williams kind of fill that role. We'll have him fly the Falcon, blah, blah, blah. Probably if that was all worked out ahead of time, they would have brought Han back and Han would have been flying the Falcon in the Battle of Endor. But instead, it was Lando. <clears throat> and as a result, Han's story, they didn't have a lot for him to do, right? Like he was kind of doing what. Leia was doing and everybody else like it kind of didn't matter well, anymore I Matt I argue that it did and I, I agree with you that the way it went down like was you know behind the scenes story writing Harrison Ford not wanting to come back yeah but it did matter more because it was Han being on the front lines making the decision I will personally lead the strike team to the moon. Uh -huh. I'm not going to be up in comfortable space in the Falcon uh -huh. where I do my best work. I'm going to stick my neck out for the, for Leia, for the rebellion, okay. for this newfound, you know, this newfound order that I believe in. I'm going to do this the right way. Okay. And I think that was like, yeah, his arc was done by the end of empire, but by the beginning of the beginning of Jedi, that's when Han's like, yeah, I am, I'm a Republic general at this point. This is this is where I'm supposed to be. So Rebel, the rest Rebel. of the movie is just him following that role. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but um it, it just he didn't have the the arc wasn't really kind of happening as like it kind of did in the first two. And um Finn's <clears throat> really was over by the end of the first one. Like he just didn't serve a purpose to push the story forward. It's not his story. It's Ray's story. And he served his purpose in the first one. Him dying would have more it effect on Ray. Totally would have. And it really undermined him willing to, 
it was very like metaphorical the way he was like flying right into like the main weapon of the enemy that like what was that gonna do i feel like he would have just like hit it like a fly on a lamp or something he was basically he was going to um randy quaid it if you will like from (laughs) From, uh, uh, independence uh, day Day. you fly into it and it just blows up (laughs) And I'm surprised they didn't they, you know, they have Finn say, that, I'm yeah. back, but they didn't do that. That would have been amazing. Uh, but yeah, that's what I expected it to do. But then the way he was saved in like, kind of a weird way. Yeah, it it, it would have been hilarious like- if Rose would have crashed into him to save him and killed him. <laughs> At that or, point, I wish that would have happened. Or Rose crashes into it him was, and then she ricochets into the thing, the thing and she dies. Like as, as much as Ryan Johnson's being praised for good storytelling... It's it's not because the best story for Finn is you, you, I don't care if people like John Boyega. I don't care if people want to see more John Boyega. The best story like what's he for gonna the What's he do going forward? He doesn't. The best story for the character is you know, he he liberates Poe who goes on to lead the Republic. He helps out the resistance and in their dying moment when there's a spark of hope a spark hope a hope spark of hope spark left because they said those two words about a billion fucking times in this movie he makes the ultimate sacrifice and he dies to keep them going. And That's the best story for Finn. And he's he already a is a legend. Like he would be elevated that much right. more. He's a stormtrooper that forgoes what he was bred to be, joins the resistance, and dies in honor to keep it going. That's the best story for Finn. Instead, Kelly Marie Tran saves him, and you get maybe the cheesiest garbage in all of Star Wars history, which is. We're not the bad guys. We don't hate our friends. We save love. And we love to save love with a hope spark. Because spark hope. And that's what love spark hope does. We spoke harp love. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Are you fucking kidding? I wish you'd both fucking die. I was like, Kylo Ren, all guns on these two fucking homos. Yes, we don't we don't fight the things we hate. We save the things. We oh, love, right? I hated it. It was so cheesy. I liked Paul's first. <laughs> it was so corny. How do you win wars thing, by but... doing that? <laughs> it was so corny, and then I was like, "Oh my god, she died." At least that was something. And yeah. then at the end, she's still alive under a blanket. I'm like, Finn, <laughs> s- smother her. Yeah, leaving leaving the theater. She's I was, corny. I, smother her. I was I was left. With the feeling of like this was this was disappointing and corny. That's how I felt about it. So um, we've we've talked for a long time. We have. Uh, I, there, there's two last things that I want to get into. You know, I know you're getting tired. I can see it in your everything, your body language, the fact that you're basically asleep. I'm in, baby. I'm still talking. I'm all night. Let's do this. What's but, next? Okay. So where do they go from here? What at the when we're done talking about that, then we're going to touch on like. Ryan then we're going to talk ne- positives. <laughs> right. Then we're going to then we're going <laughs> to. No, touch I'm on, serious. I got some positives. Then we're going to we touch on. Tonight. We've uh, been Ryan hating Johnson's all night long. Next trilogy. Uh, this movie deserves a lot of. It deserves everything we're giving it. This isn't like we're we're haters. I mean, well, <laughs> some of us aren't haters, and it's it's very deserving. Don't give me that look, Paul. You're a hater. You know you are. Are you fucking kidding me? I like I like this movie better than either of you two. You didn't even see it twice. So How did, I knew we couldn't get through the episode without you throwing that up. Dude. Because it's fucking different after you see it the second time. It was different for Ian. <laughs> it, was it was different, different for me. me. I You only saw I it once. Dis- I disliked oh, it. Right. I disliked it more. Well, was I unable to keep up with this conversation? No, you're fucking stellar, man. Okay. You're you're Good as gold, but don't look at me like I'm the fucking hater. You are. I probably you have are the most traditionally most a hater. positive to say about this movie than either of you. Not so far. You couldn't. You wouldn't look us in the eye after the movie Thursday, and you hated it more. Yeah, I didn't call. After first of all, I didn't time. call you hater. Second of all, I'm just talking about the movie the way I felt about it. If I didn't like it, it's not. It's it's the fault of 
the yeah. maker of the movie, man. Like, All I'm saying I've, is Matt I've, doesn't need to attack me. Like, like I'm the fucking well, bad guy. Right, right. Every that's episode. cool, but don't I'm attack just, me. Which is, which is and, and, subverting expectation. And, I'm not the bad guy tonight. And second of all, like, man, who's the one who always gives these movies positive reviews? Like, if I like something, I'm going to talk about how much I like them. I know. You're Homer Central. A- am I Homer Central or am I giving Homer-itis. it a, Am I giving it a genuine re- review of how I feel Homer about Bill. it? And I felt Homer this Berg. way about this movie. Homieberg. Matt, continue. Anyway, so where, where are they going to go from here? Episode nine. Um, you know what? The the resistance is in shambles. Like we said, there's four people left. The, in the franchise resistance. of Star Wars, in my opinion, is also in shambles. Very, very possibly because this movie was. Let's just say right now it was divisive. Like a lot of people did not like it, um, and I believe. The next one on the horizon, Han Solo, will be the worst Star Wars movie ever. I believe it will basically be Marvel formula with Star Wars. I think it's going to be a really, really tough pill to swallow. I have been a um, advocate against this movie since before it was even announced. So uh, I really expect bad things so yes yeah, star wars going forward and kind of a these are the dark times as far as i'm concerned but um with all that said what do i think the next movie is going to be uh i predict it's going to take place about 10 years later uh i don't think you can pick up right after it i think the way that this movie ended with um like luke's Here's the thing with Luke. His real sacrifice in this movie wasn't just to get his friends out. It was basically to solidify his legend in the university of these kids playing. And it's sparking, sorry, Paul, but it's sparking a new generation of, you know, of freedom fighters of hope. Yeah. So, um, that is going to take a couple years to grow, uh, that and the numbers of the, of the resistance. Um, I, I think that, the fallout of this movie needs to kind of like run its course and you can't just pick up one day later. You can't pick up a year later. It's got to be like a significant amount of time that lapses. So I I really think like 10 years later, uh, they're going to be able to write Leia out. Maybe, maybe the next movie will pick up, uh, right at the end of like Leia's funeral. Like, Oh, you know, she's come to her, her dance in space that she had uh, 10 the years The final prior. waltz in space. Yeah, right, the space waltz. Uh, so that's, you know, a convenient way to kind of like get her out of the picture. Uh, I, I think that this movie set up a few things like having Force Ghosts be able to interact with the real world. That's going to allow characters like Luke, Yoda, and Obi-Wan, hopefully, I'd like to see Obi-Wan uh, make a return appearance. Um and uh, I would expect to see them in some capacity, although I don't know why anymore. Because like Kylo Ren already has like his hands more than full <clears throat> dealing with Rey, so that's like kind of taken care of. Do we even would need... you want Force Ghost to be fighting people? Uh, I think that would be bananas. I don't know. Um, What's the fucking there was... point of mourning a Jedi if you still get to interact with them? On a regular basis as a force ghost. Uh, well, the way I always thought that it worked was that basically like force ghosts were only like, you could only see them if you were kind of like in tune with the force. Like Han Solo wasn't like able to see force ghosts. So um, maybe they can only interact with those like Kylo Ren. But Ky- like I said, Kylo Ren's the only one that's left. So I don't know. Maybe... Well, Ray's left. Right, but like Ray. I mean, like, for the Force Ghosts to go up against, right? Like, I don't know. There there were, like, talks about... I don't, I don't want think to see the a Force, Force Ghost, Ghost lightsaber fight. Yeah, I, don't, I do not want to see I didn't that. Like, Years ago. I didn't like that Yoda was able to manipulate the real world as a Force Ghost. That was fucking nonsense. The whole Yoda scene, nonsense. If you think Yoda acting like he did in that scene was in character, you have never paid attention to the original trilogy. There there were 
moments that that were out of character and then there were moments that were in character. It was it kind of like kept ping-ponging back and forth. Exactly. Ryan Johnson never saw the original trilogy because he can't distinguish between Yoda at the beginning of the Empire and Yoda in the middle of Jedi. He thinks what Yoda is a giant fucking jokester all the time. Right. He clearly never saw the prequels either when Yoda is just a warm, empathetic teacher. Mm-hmm. Has no idea what happened before he started directing well, this I movie. I think there were moments where you know that came through, but... On accident. They... <laughs> anyway, um, George Lucas, I guess his original outline when he was talking about like 12 movies, you know, like four different trilogies or whatever... Uh, the final trilogy was supposed to be like this metaphysical kind of like thing where like the line between, you know, like the living force and kind of like the force ghost stuff like blurred and you would have like characters kind of like crossing over and it was like very ambiguous. That was like the general like gist. So Ouch. when I saw this that like Yoda interacting, good. right. So you see Yoda interacting with the real world. You're like, uh, is that where they're going with this? No, I don't. That know. was a mistake. That was just because. Yeah, who, but because who cares? Like Matt, I, he doesn't. Like care. you're pulling on some, like, obscure deep cut knowledge. Like what we're supposed to know from this movie is what's happened in the other movies, mm-hmm. and that shit's bananas. Because that shit never well, happened. Right. Even regardless of that, the more I think about it, the more unnecessary they would be to even include because you the only bad guy that's left is Kylo Ren and Ray can handle that, right? Like you don't need like Luke and Yoda and Obi-Wan. She's handled it deftly right. twice. Now. She she beat his ass the first time. It's just getting worse. So um Next movie, he's going to be credited but anyway, as I, Kylo. Bitch. I really do expect everything to kind of fast forward several years into the future, so that way you can have like an established force. And when I say force, I mean like a resistance against like kind of a rebuilt first order, and and then Re- that'll be it. Rebellion too. It's interesting that you even have <laughs> expectations at this point. Like I have no idea what they're going to do at this point. I felt like they jammed. Like two movies into one. Yep. And wrapped it all up. Yep. And Ryan Johnson was like, Your move, JJ. Your move, JJ. Do something with this now that I've fucking ruined it. And JJ's like, Fuck, I only know how to start things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. It's not my forte. Biggest challenge of JJ's yeah. life undoing all the bullshit that Ryan Johnson put <laughs> on the screen. And wow, you know what? Wow, in the same moment, tying up the bullshit that he started. Yeah, but I think there was a plan coming out of the force. There Awakens. was no plan, dude. Like that's it's very clear. It's look, if there was a plan, th- the last Jedi wouldn't have happened. But okay. But there were there was still a movie to go from. Right. And like yeah, right. There could have been like a rough outline of like where this all kind of like went from, but like there was no real like kind of definitive. And uh, idea. like I don't know if they were trying to have, catch lightning in a bottle twice when George Lucas didn't know what was happening from Star Wars: The Empire, but that's not that's not how things are done now. And like at this point, there were plenty, plenty of threads. And The Force Awakens that Ryan Johnson should have pulled from, should have used, that could have made, like, really good plot points that he just, he was like, yeah, Snoke, I don't like him, kill him. And then you're at the end of this movie and you're like, all right, so the, so the goal at the, so the goal for the end of this trilogy, the third act is the Resistance needs to rebuild and take down the first order. And restore order to the galaxy. And there's no there's no interpersonal connection. There's no there there's no empathy. There's no compassion because Kylo Ren is just a psycho murderer. Hux is just a psycho murderer. There's no there's no deeper tissue of this is my brother. You know, this is my relative. 
this is someone I this is a stranger that I deeply care about. It's they just are essentially somebody who killed his dad army. and his uncle, basically. Like if he he had it his way, he would have murdered Luke Skywalker. So right, we'll and, talk that but, up. To, and and so whatever they're gonna do with Leia now, they Carrie Fisher's yeah. dead. But it's Poe. It's, it's Poe has almost, no interpersonal connection to anyone. Finn. You know, Finn really likes Ray. They went through some shit together. Ray has no interpersonal connection. Like, there's no motivation for anyone on either side to want to do anything with the other but kill each other. And that doesn't make for good storytelling. Right. Yeah, that's why we're left with sort of a shambles of a franchise at this point mm-hmm. and very few logical ways to go. And that's because- why, that's, it's one of the reasons I don't get why people like this movie because... Like, okay, well, but now what? Like, like even you in the context not, of the movie by itself, it was poor. And in the context of a greater trilogy, it's even worse because it leaves this franchise in a really in a lurch, basically. Yeah, the like there, it's like people aren't thinking in context of what's happened before, or you know the excitement of oh the anticipation of what's next. They're like. Well, it's just this, and this is awesome. What's going to be funny is coming whenever, out of this is fucking a garbage fire. If if the third part is unsatisfying in any way, um, people are gonna the these same people that are heaping praise on the Last Jedi are gonna be like, "Well, oh, JJ screwed it all up." Well, he was left with yeah, like, but a, if you're not a so shell of with, right. a franchise if, at this point, yeah, everything got point. burned to the ground. But if you're not really a Star Wars fan, then and you're just going for like. You know the spectacle and the surface stuff. Then it's not going to matter what they do in the yeah. next one because if you like this one, you clearly don't need a deeper motivational story between the characters. And I know that sounds really harsh toward the people that do like this, but like if if Ray and Kylo Ren are complete strangers, there is no rational motivation. For her wanting to save him right. in this movie, she she watched like she was tortured by him personally. She watched him kill his father. There, so then they share a couple force connected moments in the rain. After Luke Skywalker is like, yeah, he's like super bad. I tried to kill him in his sleep. Not. I mean, he he alludes he subtly he he subtly. I thought about it enough, right? That I I, had the lightsaber out. All right, yeah, finger was on the button. It slipped. I turned it on. He tried to turn it off real quick though. He captured. He force captured. He force. God, what what he force? What's what's it called when you put the thing on the rag and you snuff a person out? (laughs) He he chlore he he force a foreign me in the woods. Yeah, he did. Then he tortured me, he mind tortured me on Star Killer Base. And then he tried to kill me with a lightsaber. And then I meet his mentor who says he thought about killing him because he saw so much evil in him. But I had a couple of talks with him over the force, and he seemed like a really cool guy. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's your reason? Like, what's the there's no Real reason for Ray to want to save him. Like, she should be, like, send all of the bombs to that ship. There's no, there's no, no reason she okay. should ever want to save that so guy. So where, where is this going? Where, where, Who knows? Where, I don't think we can even speculate. You don't have, like, that's, well, I that, No, that's, that's I know, the end of but, it. like, I, well, that, I don't... Well, like, that's the point. Of, like, that's, at the end of this movie, like... Everyone wants to kill everyone else. Right. There's no positive story. There's no redemption story. There's no. I'm there's okay no result. Not being a redemption story at this point. I'm glad that they took Kylo Ren and and they they kind of teased that maybe he was gonna be redeemable. I think they solidified his irredeemableness. Like after the mm-hmm. Force Awakens, I was like, you can't redeem him. He killed Han Solo. He's dead to me. And then they tease it, and then they pull back, and they're like, even Luke is like, I can't save him. Leia's like, I know my son is gone. I'm like, cool, he is the bad guy now. I'm actually down with that. 
I don't need a redemption story. As a matter of fact, I don't want a redemption story. But he's not the ultimate evil either. So overcoming the ultimate evil isn't an option because you already killed the ultimate evil halfway through this movie. That's a problem. So that, as cool as it was, it rep it creates a problem for the rest of the trilogy. So what are you doing in episode nine? I, I don't know if it's going to be like what return of the King was. And it's just this huge battle between the um, resistance and the first order. I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's what it's going to be. And then maybe you'll get like a lightsaber bat. Like it's, it's very unexciting. You can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I get you. You, you can't say, I guess we're going to have a lightsaber battle or roll your eyes between, out the back of your head between Ray and Kylo Ren. But it's like, well, we got we, that in the first one. She already beat him. Like there, there's, and we got, and we got a team up in the second one and the choreography was garbage. Was that it? wasn't, yeah, that wasn't a satisfying fight. Uh, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul. That's the peak of Star Wars lightsaber fights. We got a little bit of everything. We got force pushes. We got jumps. We got speed. We got lightsaber antics. It was so fucking good. Lightsaber antics. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking that's about? The, that's the peak of lightsaber fighting. Right, we, didn't right. even, uh, we didn't even get that much force use out of Obi-Wan and Anakin and Lord mm -hmm. and Revenge of the Lord of the Sith. What? Uh, Revenge he, of the Lord is a Lord of the Sith is what I was gonna say because he Revenge of the Lord of the Sith because he brought up, cool he brought up Lord of the he brought up Lord of the Rings and that was in my head. The yeah, Sauron like, take the Death Star. To I wanted Middle a better Earth. fight with them and the the Praetorian guards and it just kind of let me down. Yeah, like I I didn't think it was I didn't think it was that great. Can we talk about some positives before we get out of here? <laughs> I mean we've been. Uh, like rightfully so, we've been making solid points. And um, why this? It, it it wasn't a very good movie, but there there was some really good stuff. Can we talk about that before? Yeah, we get I out thought of here? we already did some of that. But if you want to keep going with it, that's kind of where we started. At least Ian, favorite part of the movie. <sighs> favorite part. I mean, I I guess I like the scene on crate. Uh, no, I I mean we talked about it before. I I my favorite part is Snoke dies. Lightsaber flies over to Ray, and it looks like we're gonna get a turn from Kylo and 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 Ray fight together. And I thought that was a pretty cool moment in the movie, which um, pretty much instantly was submarined. By. <laughs> so I mean, that was my favorite part. <laughs> Matt, did you have a favorite moment? Yeah, it was when Luke Skywalker went out to face the uh, the Walkers because I didn't know what was gonna happen. I was so nervous that that was it for Luke and and the music there that to me that was my favorite music in the movie do you guys remember it the way like it was just like this thumping it almost sounded like the beginning of the imperial march mm -hmm. but they didn't like kind of complete like the you know the notes and um i really really liked that uh i thought the beginning was, was really like, good dun, 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 I'm yeah, surprised Luke didn't walk out there <laughs> trip and then they shot him. Um, I I liked uh, the the Snoke throne room. Both times they were in the Snoke throne room. Uh, I expected Kylo Ren to kill Hux actually the first time when they're in the throne room. Like I thought Hux was gonna mouth off and <clears throat> Kylo was just gonna kill him. Like uh, that was that was my like unexpected uh, villain death. Um, I really liked a lot of what Poe like was about in this one. You know, they took a character that I really liked in the first one and, and really blew him out and kind of like made him do more. And that was pretty cool. Um, I liked that Yoda was in it. I don't really like everything he did. But like that Not first with you. second that we see the back of Yoda's head, I was like, yes! As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken... That was completely unexpected. Well, seconds before you see him, if I'm not mistaken, you hear Yoda's theme. And if you're like really in tune with the, the music of Star Wars, you know Yoda's theme. And we also saw his toy when we went for our Toys for Tots thing. I remember I was like, is Yoda in this fucking movie? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he has okay. a toy. So if, I if, was like, if so I kind of was like, 
Uh, that's, that's weird. That I thought not expect him at all. I thought we might get like either Obi Wan, Anakin, or Yoda, or all three, whatever. But like just seeing that, and then and then when Yoda refers to Luke as young Skywalker, like it just it warmed my heart. Even though the entire scene was kind of a little wonky, um, a little, a lot uh, wonky. It was all wonk. It wasn't all. Bad. It wasn't all. It, it was, wasn't all wonk, but it was, like there was a, there was, it was silly. Ninety percent wonk. Nah, it was nah, bad, guys. No, 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 no. Out of character. Sorry. That's all right. You, once we're all entitled once to our he gets there. once he gets over his fit of glee and burning the tree his down, tree burning glee, and like the tree's on fire, and Luke's Luke's just laying on the brand, laying on the log, and they're talking a little bit. That felt the most like Yoda, but. More of how more example of how Ryan Johnson never watched the original trilogy is that that whole scene was played like real Yoda is when Luke meets Yoda, and that's really a part of who he is. Mm-hmm. But like you, like Yoda is playing Luke in The Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. to test him, see if he's gonna see if he's gonna be worthy, see if he has the patience. And then after he determines, boy's too old. He's too too old to train. Then he's fucking stone sober the entire time. The closest he comes to being silly and joking is in Jedi when he says, when 900 years old you reach, look as good you will not. And it's just, it's sly. It's, you know, cute. It's just subtle, subtle humor. It's not... Stomp your feet, jokey. I tricked you. You thought your books were in there. Now they're on fire. Stomp the feet. Ha ha ha. If you think that's Yoda, kill yourself. Because you don't know shit it was about ridiculous. Star Wars. It was it ridiculous. Was fucking nonsense. But that they didn't make him a, the CGI model, by the way. That puppet was fucked up. But by the end of the scene, him and Luke are having a talk about what the Force is. And right. I love I love the sentiment... When Yoda says the Force isn't in books, it's it's a lot more than that, and it's about that's cool, failure. But that's preceded by him. Burning I know. The tree down. It's. I mean, and that's it's, that's this movie. It's. Uh, I can't even say that's this movie because, like, no, there's is. more it's nonsense than legitimate. It's but that, you know, right. Things. That sequence is a microcosm of the entire movie. Maybe I don't know sixty forty where it's like, kind of out of character and then you get moments that you like it's not even moments that we like it's moments that feel genuine right they feel, they feel real. right they're appropriate but there's there's so much that isn't appropriate it's and and it's not even 50 50 um i loved i i don't like to throw around the word cinematography because i think that's a pretentious word for douchebags but man, was the cinematography good in this movie? You it looked am- it looked awesome. It looked great. This movie looked so fucking cool. Like when I, uh, you know, Haldo, complete waste, unnecessary character. When she hyper drives through the First Order fleet, sound cuts out. You get the bright blue and white against the black ships and the black space for like a good like 10 seconds you know she could have done that a lot sooner and like saved a shitload of resistance oh i know it don i know it. she shouldn't have even been in the movie poe should have been in control (laughs) everyone should have been safe down on crate by that point but it wasn't so what we saw was like something really fucking cool i love when kylo ren slashes through the middle of luke and the next scene is Kylo Ren's foot sliding across the salt and it creates a big red slash on the yeah. ground and it's like the continuation of the blood slash through his body. I thought that was really neat. There were like there's a scene early in the beginning where Poe's taking out all the cannons and the the back of the X-wing kind of fishtails and swings around. Like there were some really cool visual things in this movie that I absolutely loved. But story-wise, it was just fraught with problems. I agree. Blue, or titty milk. Come on. We saw Luke milk a titty. Not even an utter, a fucking breast. Um, So, Ian, 
Ryan Johnson's in charge of this new trilogy. Uh, is there any way it could be good? We um, already got a taste of it. I mean, tell us. Is there any way? Sure, there. There's a way that it could be good. Uh, could it be st- Star Wars? I mean, he'll be untethered from all the expectations of the franchise. Right. I don't think that Ryan Johnson is a bad filmmaker. I just think that this film, he didn't really pay attention to any of the things that make the universe of Star Wars Star Wars. Well, yeah, but like there's pacing problems. There's jokes that aren't appropriate for Star Wars. Right. Complete I mean, like, but of Captain here's, and, and this is this is where I'm going to go with the people that defend this movie um, as misguided as they are. Ryan Johnson isn't a bad filmmaker. He isn't a bad creator. He isn't a bad writer. He's won a host of different awards. He's he he's won a bunch of different like um independent film awards. Um he's won awards for his directorial work on Breaking Bad. He's won awards for Looper. He's won awards for I think Brick is a movie that he did. He's won he he is a um he is a decent filmmaker that's done movies that people have liked and have won him accolades. He didn't they Disney didn't just stumble upon this guy and give him the franchise. But he, so there was is a the possible guy that would say, yes, a <laughs> But there there is a possibility that he could make a quality movie um based on his track record before this. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody make bad movies happen. Great directors make bad yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, but they're like Disney's not gonna Disney's not gonna be like I don't know, all these four chan readers don't like it. They're gonna be like ching ching cha ching. Here's, here's the, the keys to the Star Wars kingdom. All right, guys. Right. That's what's thing. happening. Right, that's here's what I'm thing. saying. Here's like the thing. and I'm saying that he when, could possibly make make a good movie. When fanboy sentiment is in full effect where, you know, everybody, all the fanboys are united on like, oh, that was a crap movie, much like Batman v Superman. And it has this gigantic drop off from week one to week two. Um, because did this have that? Well, it's well, only it, best. I guess we didn't get to week two. Yeah, right. I mean, but like, yeah. if there's anything decent coming out like next week, maybe Jumanji maybe. comes out next week. Um, yeah. Like who knows? Maybe mm, everybody Karen will go see Gillen. that thing instead. Like if, if there's enough negative sentiment and there is like the, the overwhelming uh, response to this movie from just people seems to be on the negative side. So just critics that say it's good. That's basically, isn't that what Batman V Superman was? Yeah, it, it was pretty split in quality, uh, critical response, the, the critic, the critic, it was, it was flip flop. The audience was high, the critic was low. This is yeah. the opposite, where the critics are like at ninety three percent. From what I've gathered, it seems like Ryan Johnson is a very loved director in the critical world. So people are sucking his fucking dick mm-hmm. about this movie because he seems to be a nice guy who's nice to the press and makes movies that critics like. Mm-hmm. So good or bad, people are really liking like. I'm surprised that certain sources that I kind of rely on for their critical eye have given this movie a pass and talked about how great it was while I don't see any of their points. But Well, um, in the end of this movie had the, the little kid that used the force to call the broom to him. Right. Uh, is that... Are we to expect that's going to be Ryan Johnson's trilogy? Yeah, I mean, it's logical to set up this new trilogy by as we mentioned before backdooring it in uh you know backdooring it into this movie so you don't think don't, that you don't think that that is going to be kind of like the the next generation of like you know resistance fighters yeah those those three kids are definitely going to be the like core of whatever universe he sets how up. Are those, you got how your are those kids built in diversity doesn't doesn't necessarily about, have to be those particular actors it's gonna be, but it's gonna be those well, generally what, what were they like eight, it was uh, those eight actors, nine but something they were like about that. nine years old but so. yeah it doesn't have Couldn't, to be, be take place about it could be 10 no, years later, 10 years, but it's definitely going to sta- start later. on Canto bite but right? couldn't couldn't those characters then be 20 year olds in episode nine 
if if episode nine I think takes you're place 10 you're years really later. like you're going way outside like I don't if I had to speculate I don't think it's going to be that much further because you're using the same actors like you're just not gonna say oh it's 10 years later no, but I the actors only age like one or two years two was 10 years later I I yeah, and, and they, they, they recast actors some actors. The main actor they recast, well, the and yeah, they're, they're not like, going to use right. the same. Picture. I, I don't. Portman, I, Ewan McGregor. I think it's same. a. I think it's a giant leap of faith to say that they're going to go ten years later. I, I just do. I, I think it's pretty logical. Okay, Matt. I mean, I I, I think logic died. Uh, do you want to make? Week, so. Do you want to make a bet right now that they don't use these actors when they make another appearance in a Star Wars movie? Because they are not going to be, or more specifically, they're not going to be in episode nine. Who? The three actors that were in the unnecessary street urchin scene at the end of the last. I Jedi. never suggested they would be. He he was saying, hey, "Would you bet him that?" Um, he's saying that he thinks that the next episode nine will take place ten years post. This. Something like that. Five years, ten years, like a significant, not like one year, two years, not the next day. It's going to be. It's a significant not ten years. Leap. Maybe, was, maybe five. No, maybe no, five. No, I, I could see twelve. I was specifically. <laughs> Good thing I don't bet about, on this podcast. I was specifically talking about those actors because or those characters because the white street urchin, the black street urchin, and the redhead girl street urchin, they will absolutely be. The lead characters in Ryan Johnson's You're Star Wars trilogy. Of that. Absolutely, Ryan Johnson's A New Spark. All right, so the new um, Hope Spark, Spark Hope, Hope hopefully, Spark. Hopefully, here's my hope that his trilogy is better than his. Here's here's the real question made. for Ryan Johnson. You know, Ryan Johnson's Star Wars the white Episode kid One got to be the one that has the Force at the end. Why isn't it the fucking black kid? Who gives a shit? Who gives? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Social None justice of it matters. warriors want to know. Will we be there opening night for Ryan Johnson's trilogy? Yes. No. Matt, uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, yeah, probably. Um, really? Assuming Episode Nine kind of like reinvigorates like our love of the franchise. We're still gonna remember this, though, man. I know, but but it's easiest to remember like the latest you know, thing or, you know, the most recent taste in your mouth. So yeah, yeah we remember the force awakens pretty vividly. Agreed. Well, okay. Let's say this, let's say George Lucas makes a star Wars movie for, let's say he buys star Wars. God, back. Did we ever, did we ever think that we would be praying for him to do star Wars again? And I'm you, close. You guys, you I'm know, real you're, close. You're rough on the, on the prequels, but, You'd probably go to a George Lucas Star Wars opening night over over Ryan Johnson. Absolutely, yeah. I'd go to a George Lucas Star Wars opening night in a heartbeat. I would expect garbage nonsense, but I would I would welcome it. Yeah, I in lieu of what we. I, I have right to say that I likely will not go opening. I'm I, I'm not going to be so naive and overly critical to say I'm not going to do that's stupid. I love Star Wars and I will go to see a Ryan Johnson movie. Um. I doubt it will be opening night. I no, doubt it will be on, a yeah. field trip. I'm on, like I'm it, not, it's really taken a lot of the um, enthusiasm for new Star Wars movies and especially his vision of Star Wars. It it's deflated me. It's taken it out of me. This this is it's bad movie making. It's not in character with Star Wars, and it's it's. I feel sad and sorry for the people that can't see that this was. Uh, not a good movie. Um, well, with that said, Ian, why don't you throw a score on it? Um, ten point score <laughs> on a ten I, point scale, rather. First viewing, I went out. I, I thought about it. And I, I thought real hard. I think I even gave someone, uh, uh, some somebody that I was talking to, a ranking before. I went back on Sunday. I watched it again. It got worse. Talking about it makes me like it even less. <laughs> um, <laughs> It it um uh, listening to talking about it and listening to people that like it defend it um in very hollow and non specific ways. I read a review today that said that that was talking about how how much they like this, but didn't actually reference 
the reference anything about the movie, just reference their general feelings about Star Wars before and how much they weren't a fan for years and years and years. But then this made them a fan. Didn't reference the movie, any events of the movie. And I'm like, um, that's insane. That's not a review. Uh, right. I get that. So, I mean, it, all those things together, I give this a five out of 10. That's actually more favorable than I expected. Um, I, I was, I was floating at a six, uh, for a while. I really was. And then I went back and the things that bothered me, bother me to the core. Maybe I care about star Wars too much. Um, I know I, I don't, you know, maybe I don't come off as the one on this podcast that, that really, really loves star Wars, but I do. And I love Luke Skywalker and I love Han Solo and I love princess Leia and oh, I love that world. They're and all I gone feel, also. and I feel like this was, um, an insult to that world and an insult to the fans yep. that did like it. And I, it just, it, it, it like, it was, it was disgusting. I, I, I had five out of 10. Paul, why don't, why don't you sum it up and then throw a, a score on it? I, the things I liked about it, I liked a lot better the second time because the first, the first viewing, I was just assaulted by everything that was wrong with the characterizations, you know, the blatant mistreatment of previous characters. Ryan Johnson had clearly, clearly didn't understand Yoda or Luke Skywalker, who they're supposed to be. Um, I think that was almost started with J.J. and The Force Awakens and his mistreatment of Han Solo that, like, Ryan Johnson was like, well, we can do whatever we want with these characters now. Um, I watched The Force Awakens the night like hours before we went to see the last Jedi and it really hit home how much like how sad Han Solo's character is in that movie he you know after the character growth in the original trilogy he's all about himself he's a selfish guy and he he gives up all of that like I said earlier in this episode or the previous episode however many episodes this needs cut into that he he makes the conscious decision to lead a personal strike team to Endor to take out the base. He's not in the comfy confines doing what he does best from flying the Falcon. He's on the ground putting his life on the line. He has a clear character arc. And then by the time The Force Awakens rolls around, his, his son goes bad. He gives up on the rebellion that he put his life on the line for. He gives up on trying to redeeming his son. He gives up on comforting his wife and being there for his wife and helping his wife try to redeem their son. He's a huge coward in The Force Awakens. He goes off into space. And the scene when the Scottish guy and the Asian guys both show up and they're like, hey, you owe us money. It didn't feel... It, it wasn't Han Solo at that point. It wasn't hey, I'm going to slyly give you a wink and a nod and talk myself out of this problem. The Scottish guys and the Asian guys were like, man, you're too old for this game. Like, just, they're they're pitying him by letting him live at that point. And it's it's just, it's sad. And that's the trajectory that Luke takes in this movie. He's in A New Hope. He, you know, he has nothing more to give on Tatooine, so he takes off with Obi-Wan. He doesn't know Princess Leia. He's only seen a hologram over there on the Death Star. Without a thought, Princess is here. We need to save her. Han's like, what the fuck? Luke just jumps into action. Uh, Hoth. Er, Hoth, Luke jumps in the speeders. He's part of the rebellion. He's going to take on the Adats. No questions asked. After that, you know, he's training with Yoda. His friends are in trouble. He needs to save them. On In Carbonite, and Jabba's Palace, he puts the plan together, together to save them. He is always in action. His father needs saved from the dark side. No questions asked. Leaves his friends. Goes to save his father. And then all of a sudden... Flies with them on the shuttle to Endor, worried even, because his right. presence might endanger his friends. Right. But all of a sudden, he gives up on the rebellion... The New Republic that he helped build. He gives up on his nephew. He gives up on his sister. And goes away. 
If you're writing that story, you've never seen the original trilogy. You don't understand the character of Luke Skywalker. And if you're subverting expectations, if you're making a Star Wars story for 2017, and you're making it gray area, and you're giving these characters depth, that's not what Star Wars is about. Star Wars is a heroic fantasy story. Luke Skywalker isn't meant to stand beside Walter White. He's not meant to stand beside gray area characters doing bad things for the greater good. And if and there is pl- if you look hard enough, there's plenty of gray area in Luke. There's plenty of doubt and reckless actions and questionable choices in Luke in that original trilogy. Same with Han. There's plenty of fighting against the selfish side of himself to be a better man, to help the bigger cause. Those are gray area characters. And those are the heroes that Star Wars is built on. The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi take the foundation out of all of that. They make Han a weak-willed coward that goes and hides in space. They make Luke a weak-willed coward who goes and hides in the farthest reaches of the galaxy and sends a hologram of himself to help because he's too scared to face his nephew to do it in person. It's a travesty to what those characters were built up as, not only through the 80s when George Lucas was making those movies, but the legacy of fans of those characters throughout the 90s and into the 2000s when we got new versions of them. It's wrong. It's completely wrong what they did with with those characters. That said, Rey, great heroic character. I love her by the end of of The Last Jedi. When she's looking down on Kylo on the base through the force, she shuts the door to the Falcon. She's ready to go. She is badass. She's she's made it. At that moment, I loved her. Finn, you know, you're cool, man. You're on the side of the rebellion. You're ready to go. Poe, biggest character arc of The Last Jedi. Learned his lesson. Went through some hardships. Like, I, I really like those characters. When Poe rubs BB-8's belly at, in, force, in The Last Jedi, I love it. I love the characters, but this is the time when, you know, they, they did a disservice to the original trilogy. Let's just move on with the new characters. We like the new characters. Um, that was a long way of saying, I'm going to give Last Jedi a five. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff. There was also a lot of bad stuff. So, um, five. I'd, I'd like to give it a six, but I don't think Ryan Johnson really understood what Star Wars at its foundation is supposed to be. Matt? Paul, I think you made a lot of very poignant points there. That was uh, that was well said Thank you. for the most part. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. Han Solo was a really sad character in The Force Awakens, although I totally buy that because Han Solo is kind of a weak-willed guy, you know, like. I mean, I realize he has an arc, but that doesn't mean he can't like come full circle uh, and be a bit like, I mean, he's kind of an old version of the guy that he was in maybe Empire a little bit, beginning of Empire. Anyway, um, Luke's arc, uh, you are absolutely right that uh, Luke, while um, mostly a very clearly straight laced character does have some areas of gray if you look hard enough um you know it's don't forget our our uh our main hero you know choked and killed a couple gamorian guards with the force choke which is something that only darth vader is supposed to use but no luke did that too actually um leaving leaving tatooine wasn't a noble decision it was because he had nothing left well, well the choice was true. taken out of his hands essentially right. right you know he was just but it wasn't but that like you know if luke's being held up as being the true hero that wasn't an altruistic decision right but luke isn't infallible he never right he never was created to be that he always 
wanted to do the right thing, but he he made mistakes. Um, I mean, clearly the Luke that we get in this is a broken man, uh, whether we agree with that or not. I mean, he's clearly just just broken. He he has been defeated. I don't think that it's impossible for a character to be defeated. Um, with that said, it's not the direction I would have taken the character, but I don't think it's impossible to kind of go there. A lot of what they did uh, with it was was wrong, like the the forced humor. You know, like even shit like, um, where are you from? Uh, I'm from nowhere. Well, nobody's from nowhere. Where are you from? Jakku. Oh, you're right. That is nowhere. Not funny. Not funny. Um, like, and, and is, is Jakku nowhere if you're from if the you, planet that is farthest from? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, like, Luke knows nowhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, there, there were... This movie is such a mixed bag for me. I can't even, like, believe it because there were parts where you would have to wipe the grin off my face. I was, I was so in, uh, particularly like with Luke facing Kylo Ren at the end. I, I just thought that was so exciting. The sequence with Snoke, even though I, I think it creates some major plot problems going forward was really, really cool. Like really cool. Um, <clears throat> I, I, something that we didn't talk a lot about, but the music in the movie was great. It, it, this movie uh, recalled more of the classic themes than even The Force Awakens did, plus it injected that Rey's theme, which is really good. We had the uh, the Luke and Leia theme at the end. We even had the, uh, the music when the Millennium Falcon goes into the uh, Death Star in Return of the Jedi. They repeated that um, music when... Um, dun, dun. Yeah, and and when so Chewie good. flies through the planet of Crate, they're playing it, and I thought that was really cool. Um, when the humor was on, it was working, it was great. But this movie had, um, when the humor wasn't working, it it really felt almost like it belonged in Spaceballs. Even worse than like, because George Lucas is pretty poor at trying to be funny, uh, as demonstrated in the prequel movies. Like, those movies were seldom funny. Um, You know, luckily, like, some of Ewan McGregor's deadpan approach to uh, humor with that character kind of worked a few times, but typically it was rough. Um but even in these movie or in this movie, it it was even more out of place, I think, than some of the humor that that was in the prequels. Um, I want to see this movie again um, because I feel like my opinion will alter. Um, I really, really want to go back. I wish like I could go tomorrow, but I can't. Um, Go. Uh, just call off work. Just, just do it. Um, go after. You got all evening. I got, I got to work tomorrow night. Um, I think for the parts that I liked in the movie, and and there were a number of them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this movie a, a mm, that's a tough mm-hmm. one, huh? <gasps> Stop giving those S's. Real easy to give the F's because it could easily be a four or a five. Uh, it's it to me. It's higher than those. Not a seven or a fate. Um, that's not an eight. It, I'm I'm really Fine. stuck between a six and a seven. Um, I, I'm gonna give it <laughs> the lowest seven I can possibly give it. Yes, it's like seven point negative zero zero one. Um it it had enough going for it. Particular like for me, um 
John Williams soundtrack really like transports me in a way that is like so effective. Um, you know, when they came out with Rogue One last year and it didn't have a John Williams soundtrack, it didn't have an opening crawl. It, it in a lot of ways wasn't Star Wars. And and I especially think that's going to be the case with this Han Solo spinoff. But like this had that. And, and I was looking forward to that soundtrack almost as much as seeing the movie. And I've listened to the soundtrack probably like five times now all the way through. And it is that good. Um, and I think after seeing the movie one or two more times, my, my review could change the score. But um, there were enough things in it that I enjoyed. Um, and And there were enough tense moments where like, like I didn't know what was going to happen with Luke, and 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 the his send off I thought was very um, artfully done, and and it left me feeling a way that I never expected that I could. So this movie also made me feel a way that I never expected I could feel about in, a Star in Wars. In some movie. ways, I agree with you so on that. I I'm I'm with you on that, Matt. But. Uh, but boy, is this a flawed, flawed movie. Yeah. Matt, I'm with you on the soundtrack. Yeah, the and soundtrack it, was great. It reminded me of Danny Elfman talking about the Justice League soundtrack when he was uh, he was saying that DC already has such an iconic built-in library of music mm-hmm. that's so connected to the characters. It's like a... It's like an extension of the characters and they should use that Mm -hmm. that, you know, certain scores of music aren't dated. They're just, they've just become part of who those characters are and it's not a negative to use that. And that's kind of how I felt about that scene with the, with the Millennium Falcon showing up on crate. Mm -hmm. They directly pulled music from a new hope and it return of the Jedi. Was it? Yes, when the Millennium Falcon flies into the it wasn't Death Star. fight with Tie Fighters from A New Hope. Oh, oh, is that the same music? I think it was from A, a New Hope, and okay. regardless, it was old music. Yeah, but it was it worked so well. There was no age on it mm-hmm. for the type of you know fantasy sci-fi that we're telling. That the music worked so good and that was a scene that you see the millennium falcon shadow over the ground on crate and i immediately got excited and then chewy shows up and it's chewy and it was cool that it was and ray's on the quad can chewy driving the yeah and like you know he's pulling some bullshit shaking these ties through the the crystal caverns on crate and it was so fucking cool having that moment like Chewie taking Han's place and the the same music playing and the music brought it all together in a bunch of places for me. We got to hear Han and Leia's theme. We got to hear Yoda's theme, mm-hmm. and like more Luke's so theme. than the fork for the Force Awakens. This really brought all of that back. Yeah. And yeah. it's not so much that oh these this is old music. These are mu- this is music tied to the series, tied to the franchise. Yep. Yeah, I mean these are. Th- the most iconic um like songs in the in the entire Star Wars musical catalog and you know i think in the force awakens we didn't really get much of like the main theme outside of in the opening but that's like luke's theme so it's it's sprinkled throughout and it just feels good to to hear it and um it's it's incredible what an effect th- that music can have on that movie because like let's say you know michael giacchino did the music for this movie that would probably not be a good thing yeah the the music worked so well on this one anyway so there there we have it Boy, do we feel good so about what this? What'd you give it? You give it the lowest seven possible. The I, seven. The lowest seven possible, which is uh, seven. <laughs> it's seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a seven today. Uh, I expect the next time we convene, It'll be I will an have eight. I will no, no, that can't happen. Are you sure? uh, I yeah, I'm positive. I will have seen it again. 
Uh, although, guys, I don't know when we're going to convene again because uh, next Monday is Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think this this episode is probably going to take us through two weeks worth <laughs> of we're, episodes. We are over four hours. Holy shit. We killed it tonight, gentlemen. Uh, split this into three. Yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, this will take us into the new year. The, I don't know. I the, might, I might the, put it out there as last one big Jedi. fat episode. Oh I my don't God. know. Man. I, think I recommended gotta, this. We got to do at least people. two parts. You, yeah, you got to split this. People will. I am going to. No I am going to take a picture that. of that final count before we're out here tonight. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot to unpack, and I feel like there's still stuff we haven't really dug into. Um, real quick, I hate the last scene with the street urchin. I hate the heavy-handed the save the animals. The rich people are bad guys. I, I hated every part of that. If I could have knocked myself out for every scene on Canto Bite, I totally would have done it. Um, but yeah, like five. I, I want to give on it a my s- next viewing. I'm gonna take a nap during Canto Bite. You can't though, because it's interspersed. Well, I guess you can yeah, because you can. it's interspersed with the completely unnecessary scene of Ray going into the force hole it has no impact the on hole. the movie seeing at all, her so. seeing her reflection in a mirror which she could have done if she shined up a part of the millennium falcon and yeah look at the same effect an hour of that movie has unnecessary no impact garbage on anything scene. so like up until we just started talking about this i was thinking maybe a six but no i'm gonna give it a five it was like some visually really great uh oscar isaac fantastic but ultimately disappointing that's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Thanks for sticking with us through a couple episodes of a deep dive. <laughs> the most deep dive you're going to get. I guarantee you, no other podcast or YouTube show or or word review, anything else, gave you the in-depth commentary on The Last Jedi that we gave you right now. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Max Howe, and happy holidays to our listeners. And we will see you in the new year. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Well, guys, this one is in the books. I can't believe it's already been a month since we saw this movie. And I've actually seen it two more times since then. About to go see my, uh, I guess it'll be my fourth overall viewing. I'm going to be heading out here as soon as I'm done editing this podcast. Now, I don't know about you guys, but after I saw it, two, three times, my opinion of this movie has changed for the better. Uh, I think I came in at a seven. I can now happily and confidently say that I'm an eight on it. So it's definitely one of those movies that has to permeate a little bit and you have to figure out where it fits into the uh, overall scope of Star Wars. Now with this movie behind us, me and the guys were looking forward to bringing you some new shows in 2018 starting very soon um we should have some up by february so just a couple weeks away we're working on some cool things behind the scenes and figuring out how best we can bring you some great mcsauce content so with that said thank you so much for listening and we very much look forward to what we are going to bring you guys in the new year so see you out there